Welcome to the Rise Up Kings podcast, where you'll hear from the pros who've built business empires without sacrificing their faith, family, or fitness. The host, Skylar Lewis, has built multiple multi-million dollar companies, is an author, speaker, and founder of the three-day Rise Up Kings experience. It's time to rise up to your God-given potential and create a life of liberty, abundance, and impact. To learn more about Rise Up Kings, go to riseupkings.com. Don't forget to subscribe. I'm very excited about this show. We have one of my really good friends here, Ami Katari. And he is a, uh, he's a world-class guy. He's one of the most talented people that I have ever personally met. He has coached some of the world's top companies. He's worked for companies all the way up to $7 billion. And he's built two multi-million dollar companies within a four-year period and has grown them over 300 to 400%. He's a family man, uh, has two kids and a wife, uh, travels internationally, has ran global businesses. And he's also the incoming president for a uh, entrepreneur organization, the world's largest entrepreneur organization. He's the incoming chair uh, for the Orange County chapter. So Amit is a quality individual, and I'm excited to have him here as a part of the show. I'm glad you're here, Amit. Thank you for having me, Skylar. It's yeah. been, a, been a long, long history between us, and we've both grown in that time, and I'm blessed. I feel blessed to be here, and I can't wait to share with everybody yeah. what we got in front of us. Yeah. No, you've done. you've had a pretty incredible journey and in your experience from – being a CFO of a pretty large company and then starting your own business and then now becoming uh, the president, the chair of this chapter. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a great journey. Um, what, um, I mean, what would you say, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Where, where did you start? Kind of where did you get started in your career? Sure. And, 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 and one more thing I'm excited about to have our guests here is that uh, the, the value that you'll provide and how you help executives and CEOs scale their businesses, the yeah. mindsets, the behaviors that they need. So you are a wealth of information. So people watching the show, I hope that they listen in closely because you have some good nuggets that can really help the business owners and the people that are looking to get into business, you know, get to the next level. So Right on. Yeah. Right on. You and I share something, uh, many things, but one thing very deeply is we believe in mindset mm-hmm. and we believe that mindset is that beginning place to create all the abundance we want in our lives, whatever that abundance means, uh, from spirituality to love in the relationship to connecting with your children to creating wealth in business, right? It's funny. Wealth in business came last in that list. But I think we both believe that. Like that comes after everything else gets created because when we have that center, that place where we believe, then we can get through the obstacles of our lives. So mm-hmm. anyway, just for the audience, I think yeah. that's where we're today may have a lot of content around that thing that a lot of people don't talk about, that thing that people don't give enough power and relevance to is where our minds are at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so our practice uh, within Qatari leadership is to focus on the whole big picture of creating growth, but it is majority focused on the mindset of the CEO because every second we have the chance to go to the left or the right on the fork of the road in picking where we choose, where we take that next step. So mm-hmm. I think you and I both would agree. Um, so we have a lot in common on that, uh, on that side of things. So yeah, w- yeah. W- as far as your journey, how did you get to where you are now? Kind sure. of w- where did you start? Uh, actually, you can even feel free to start with some of your, uh, your family, your background. And Sure. Sure. Well, you know, uh, just as in any of us telling our story, uh, this story has changed the hundreds of times I've told this story. So this will be a new one. 
right? So uh, for me, the way in the context of what we're sharing with the audience today, mm -hmm. um, personally, I came from a childhood where I had psychological instability. I had a father who is uh, still today uh, struggling with mental well health, uh, wellness. And um, I came from a place of not knowing where my boundaries were and really not knowing who I was. But yet I was performing every day. Grades, um, Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, doing the things a child should do. So what I knew at that stage in my life was to perform. Um, and then as I uh, extended beyond childhood into college, um, grades or getting the next job was the measurement of success. Mm -hmm. But all that was so empty. So stage one of my life, as I talk about the stage and I think about the stages, was performing. And then as I got out of college, I got a job in a consulting firm, uh, went around the world doing global mergers and acquisitions, and I found that I loved that. I loved it in the moment. And the question I look back on now is, what did I love? I think I loved learning, but I didn't know that at the time. What I needed was money, <laughs> and I needed to perform. Mm. And somewhere in that, I was competitive, and I didn't know how competitive I was. And so a lot of overtime, a lot of hitting the numbers, a lot of being at companies checking their books, uh, checking their business processes and systems. But what I was missing, looking back now, was relationship. Mm. So stage two after stage, uh, sorry, stage three after stage two was then going from the consulting firm to working at a company, my first public company where I was CFO. In doing that, I was literally a fish out of water. I was doing a job that I technically had the competence to do because a board of directors of a public company would never select me at 27 years old to come in and do that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know what I didn't know. And so between the emotional instability of feeling like an imposter during that time, because you remember my childhood, we focused back on I didn't have boundaries or I didn't know who I was because of my emotional instability in childhood. During the time I was professionally succeeding and growing a company three to four X with the, with the executive team, I had all the outward success, but inner emptiness. Mm. So somewhere in that time, I found an executive coach named Vance Caesar, and he became a surrogate father to me to this day. Uh, love him dearly. I'm so blessed to have him in my life. And I began learning more about leadership and put finance behind me. So stage whatever we're on now, I think it's four, uh, I went into working at a uh, private company that we grew 4X in revenue the next four years as COO, not just CFO. And so I took on another job where I didn't know what I didn't know. And what I awoke into in that time was it was more about leadership than about technical knowledge. And it was more about connecting in relation and now starting to build vision. So I started building an awareness of strategy. And then finally, stage whatever we're on now, I got into being an entrepreneur. But interestingly, in moving from a successful exit of that private company into being an entrepreneur, I learned that I had to um, dig down into my mindset and have the wherewithal to face all the pressure the self-doubt that came with owning your own business. And I learned how easy it was, relatively speaking, to be the executive of the, of the company in my last stages. Because when, I, when you own your own business, as you know, everything's your problem. Mm -hmm. And that sounds heavy, but actually that's the good news because that's where the learning is. Mm -hmm. So these are some of the stages yeah. I've gone through in my professional side. On the personal side, having two children through all this, funny story, we talk about this uh, with some of the people who did this together. I birthed 
an M and A deal with my team while I my my wife birthed our first daughter, our first child, our daughter Maya. So that was sort of a big connection between personal and life. Right? <laughs> you birthed, you closed on the deal at yeah. the same time. <laughs> yeah. So over a hundred million dollar deal yeah, and yeah. a definitely hundred million dollar child. Yeah. Uh, and and so we had Beautiful. two children in that time. Yeah. And I had to transition how I use my time. I had to transition, uh, wanted to love my wife and spend time with her, wanted to love my daughter, and then my son Kenji came along. So you just imagine as the career is growing, mm. the life is growing. And you and I talk about this a lot. Yeah. yeah. Where, how do you make the time and how you decide where to spend the time and how do you have the mindset to build the life you want rather than being a victim of what is happening around you? That's great. I haven't heard that journey from the start to the end to where you are now. So that's pretty neat seeing that. And it helps give some background, some context to how you become and how you're so dynamic, right? Because of the, the challenges from coming from a home where there was some, um, maybe a little bit of chaos and some instability and some mental uh, health challenges, which I actually had some, you know, my mom struggled with bipolar and uh, it was back and forth and it was, um, it was interesting kind of growing up with that. And so from growing up with that and then, and then kind of building confidence at each step, right? Learning something new, developing a new, uh, new self-esteem in a different area and then taking all of those life lessons to where you are now, which is coaching and supporting CEOs and executives of medium to like really, really, really large companies uh, and, and your experience up until that point, up until this point, right, has got you where you are. So that's that's kind of the way I look at things. I feel like life is a, a journey where we um, the things that happen to us, the pain, the challenges, the struggles, those were put there on purpose so that we could serve and provide value to other people later on, right? So yes. all of those challenges and the things that you've gone through, the ups and downs, enable you to have the awareness, uh, right, to coach executives that are at these high levels where there's a huge amount of stress and you were there. And then from that experience, now you can go serve them and help them have the right mindset and belief. So I think it's just incredible. I don't know. And so I'm getting some more context to your dynamicness and your ability to to play at such a high level uh, came from some of your, you know, well, I think, I think this, uh, you and I always find something amazing to talk about. So I just got sparked by something you just said. Yeah. We talk about mindset and we talk about those experiences. In that moment, that experience was pain. But as you and I now have flipped the script, that experience is literally experience. And we have learned to take that experience and parlay it into something. We don't always know what it is, but now we know it'll be something for where we're trying to go, you and I, and others that we help into something bigger. Whereas at one point it was pain and something we wanted to resist. And somewhere in that resistance was not learning to get through it. So I think a super point for all the abundance we want to share with everyone paying attention is how do we create a mindset where every experience is learning, not pain. And that is hard, right? I mean, there's there's terrible things in this world, mm-hmm. but the people we get inspired by are the ones who've taken that story and made it something for their lives, right? And so I, I think this is um, a super key point for mindset today. Yeah, is that yeah. context? Because we, I think we've we've uh, people have built a habit of avoiding pain, avoiding the challenging conversations. Right? We were talking about marriage. Yes. 
and intimacy and just the things that we that are important to men and, and important to relationships and sometimes it's having the hard conversations to get to the next level but we're trained to avoid conflict right to avoid yes. the tough conversations and i know i know specifically in business um there's a lot of owners and CEOs out there and employees too that avoid conflict. What are a couple of the strategies and, and conflict is key to get to the next level, right? When we're avoiding the hard conversations yes. with a key employee, we're preventing them from growing and getting to the next level. And so we're keeping ourselves safe, right? And comfortable, but it's hurting the other person. So you've, you're, you're an effective, effective coach at conflict and how to engage conflict. And you've taught me a lot in that area. What oh, are a couple you. of strategies or, or how important is conflict in business? And fa- you can bring that in a, in a relationships too, but specifically in business, how how important is it? How What mindset should people have around conflict? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you are also a master at helping someone in a very caring way talk about something of conflict, right? And so I want to acknowledge you for that. In, um, in terms of how important it is, it is in the top three of the recent book I just wrote that's going to be coming out next mm-hmm. month. So the three keys that I have in my book, number one, are have a framework of how you want to live your life and how you want to build your business. Number two, uh, we call it, the chapter is called uh, Building Up Kings and Queens, but inherent in that is conflict. Because in the conflict conversation is building someone up. Because how did the, con- the context, how did the conflict start? It was something they were doing that was creating friction. And so if they don't get the feedback and if we don't, as leaders, live into caring about them more than we care about our fear of having that conversation, mm-hmm. how are any of us ever going to learn and get over and through the difficulty and into abundance. And then number three is uh, number three is to work on your self awareness. Work on building specifically your energy. Maintain your energy that because at every fork in the road, every minute of the day, how do you train your mind? to take the right fork in the, the right turn in the fork in the road. On that note, on the, on the, on the side of energy, what, uh, because running a business, right. can be stressful. It can be draining, um, being in a high level management position, C, C level suite, right. It's, it requires a lot of you. And so how to, and, and you, you're unique in the fact that you continue to add stuff on your plate, right. You have your family that you're taking care of. You have your, your business that you're working on now you're becoming the president of of the organization and and with your business what's unique is that you don't you don't have one business that you're running right you're right. you're coaching and you're you're fully involved in multiple businesses and you have to know everything about that business to successfully coach that person that executive so you're literally yeah. thinking about entire businesses like multiple multiple businesses yeah, over 20 at the moment <clears throat> over 20 yeah. different businesses you're basically yeah. like the ceo coo you're, you're thinking from that perspective where you're thinking how do we mm-hmm. how do we help them strategize and and so that requires a lot of energy so how do you how have you maintained or how do you manage your energy how do you yeah. how do you how, how have you added so much to your plate and, yeah yeah so yeah. Uh, again these gifts that you and i are talking about we both want everyone to know them we yeah. don't want these to be secrets right because mm-hmm. the for us Building up the world one person at a time will make this a beautiful place for our children and for everyone else's children, frankly, right? Yep. So we come from love with this. So everyone listen up. No secret here. So that's a heart. You can tell me has a, a big heart for this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> so he's there to, 
he was all about performance before. Now he's all about serving. So yeah, yeah, love it. Well, um, the, uh, the the deeper uh, way I work on that is um, multi-stage. I have to first work on my own energy. So chapter three of the book, I have to work on my energy to be at so much peace that when I'm with someone, I'm so present. I'm literally present. Now that that word it just sounds so easy. But the truth is we have to work through the conflicts in our life to be able to get to that place where we can be present. So I don't want to make anybody believe that's like a two-second solution. It really is working through difficult things and then working it through with the people in our lives. And oh, by the way, sometimes the people in lives that are there now may not be the ones that are there later because they can't process where we're going and create the peace we need and the support structure we need. So one thing is self regulation, mm-hmm. and then regulating the environment, then going in to be present in a company then requires the clarity of, for ourselves of what are we about in life. I'm not about money. I'm about serving and learning. So funny enough, I'm perfect as a coach in that way. Uh, and I've tested that through the good times and the bad times of being a coach. When I'm most depressed, one of the things I do is pick up the phone and help someone. That's a way I've mm. tested myself to make sure service and learning are in me. And then after clearing up my mess and clearing up the network I'm in so I have great energy, I can be present with somebody. And then you have to have business skills. You ju- it just can't be about emotional intelligence. You actually have something, you have to have something to add. So the learning part of me gets to see 20 plus CEOs concurrently at the moment. I've seen hundreds over two or three decades and how they perform. And I've been in intimate dialogue with them about what mattered in creating value in their business. So I'm particularly blessed in that way to have that business experience. But anyone can go get that. Just go interview a bunch of CEOs. Mm -hmm. So between the emotional intelligence and the business execution, then I can be present and then as importantly be effective because you don't get invited back into that conversation unless you make a difference with outcomes. So final point is we focus on outcomes, not on effort. I don't get an A for effort. I get an A for delivering results or I get fired. My yeah. team gets fired. Yeah. So for me, the uh, right, some of the things that you've taught me around energy and doing things that are in my um, kind of zone of genius, as, as another author yep. puts it, uh, helps me to have more energy to go produce the results, right, that are necessary. And, and obviously executing the strategy, I remember um, – I remember uh, one of the more challenging times in my business was about five years ago, and I was kind of drained. I had some employee issues, and uh, I think I actually hired, maybe it was five or six years ago I hired you. I was at, I was at the low in my business career. We, we just had some significant uh, drama and, and people issues and system issues and culture issues. And um, Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that moment, I would have never known you were at a low because you resonate with energy. And sometimes you also are able to mask that pain. So I want, I want to tell you, we should all be aware. Everyone looks like they have a perfect life. And then there may be something more behind it. I just want you to know, mm. you, you, uh, you're very authentic. And you weren't being inauthentic at the time. You were just carrying a load on your shoulders. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge that. Yeah. 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 I was having to show up and still be the leader, right? Right. Even though in my mind, it was uh, very stressful and a challenging, really challenging time. Yeah. And so I just learned how to manage and part, part, of, part of the things that, that helped clear up 
for those of you guys that are watching, if you have a business that might be challenging or you have a, uh, a team that you're not fully collaborating with or business is just tough, one of the most, imp- the, the, the most profound lessons that you've taught me is that the team that I have around me will be the biggest thing that will energize me, right? So, yes. so I, I had a team at that time that drained me. Right. I didn't even feel like coming to the office sometimes because there were some people that I had significant conflict with that I knew I couldn't work through, but I was still had them on the team. Yeah. And so you helped me get clear. And, and actually, we went and we cleared up about 50% of our team <laughs> yeah. uh, or maybe over 50%. It was, a, uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was an interesting time. And so yeah. from that, uh, I was completely re-energized. And there's, there's people out there, and it's a sad thing. There's people out there that are running companies that are draining them. Right, the company is yes. literally draining energy from them, and it's a huge part of that. Is they have the wrong team, they have people that they don't collaborate well, that they're they don't jive with well, that that they're just they're they're constantly butting heads with, and so they have a, a team of people that aren't energizing them. And so I've used that same tool over the years. Is now I hire people that I know will energize me. I'll say, hey, that guy is a stud. Powerful. I'm going to go hire that guy because that guy will help me play at a higher level and I can, I will be energized when I come to the office. And so I've, I've never, since that time, I've always been very uh, clear on my filters and really protective over my team and my, my culture and my environment because I want to come to an office that I'm energized by. I want to be excited to come to the office, you know? Again, I'm going to say, I'm going to call this right now spark number two that you're giving me. So think about, uh, for everybody, think about the level. Uh, Skylar plays at a very high level. Think about what you believed about yourself to have, this is a multidimensional equation now, the people that you had at the time around you. And by the way, they're all good people. Everyone, we believe everyone's yeah. good people, right? This is not about good or bad. This is about the tribe that needs to get something done to create abundance, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's no judgment and there shouldn't be any judgment because that's a poison. But think about what you believed about yourself to have whoever you had around you. And then what was always inside you that you allowed to emanate, manifest in the universe, and then a new belief you have about yourself to then say, I'm only going to have people who make me better. That multidimensional equation is one of the secrets that we can give CEOs and other executives to give them the gift of abundance and raise all universal energy. Mm-hmm. Because what's powerful is when you can change, and you probably... Um understand this at a deep core level, but when you can change a CEO or an executive, you can literally change the world, right? By pouring into somebody that has such a big impact over his team. Yes. And then you can help that guy be more heart focused, more, um, more impactful with his team, more loving and caring, more strategic, and just producing more results. You can create better energy, a better environment. And that guy will then change his company, which then changes those people and their families. And so you do that enough and you have a, a, tremendous impact on people, which is one of the reasons why, you know, I obviously started Rise Up Kings. I have that same, that same passion. I just love if you can change, you know, the way I look at it is if you can change a man. Yes. I feel like men have so much responsibility, especially in the family and the household and business and just everywhere. If you could change a man, um, uh, 
the way that I, f- I feel like God created us. If you can change that man, you can change the family, right? If you can get a man to show up better for his family, for his wife, to love her more, to treat her like a queen, you can change that family dynamic. And then that guy will then also go into his business. You can change that. That, that guy will, will pour out into his business, yes. pour out into his community. Then the community changes, the city changes, the state changes, and you change an entire world by working with one individual. And so you're starting with the, the guy at the, at the top, right? Yes. Which then is just pouring out. And so, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm passionate about the, the same thing, and especially, especially my passion specifically working with, or my expertise is working with men. Because yeah. men, we have those unique challenges, right? How do, you manage, how do you manage your business, right, and scale your business while still staying connected to your wife, right, and still pouring in and doing homework with your kids, <laughs> right, and then also working out and staying fit, and then staying connected to God and improving in each of those. And so that is like our dilemma. That's one of the biggest challenges is staying balanced and kind of maintaining. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And, and taking that point and expanding it. Uh, most of my client, more than half my client are women CEOs. And so uh, I, I, go, I, I work on the underdog. <laughs> That's an even, so, so my, gen, you know this, my yeah. general manager, the lady that yeah. runs my entire company, yeah. Stephanie, if you're watching this, you are a badass. <laughs> she is badass. Uh, and she is a badass, I know. Uh, so I love it. I love having a female that's like dominating. She's doing an incredible job. And we actually start, we started, she, she came in as an office assistant like six, seven years ago. As an office yeah. assistant, we poured into her and developed her. Now she's just a beast. She's like running the entire company. And we're in the restoration industry, right? right? We're in the restoration right. space. And so it's not it's the construction space with the female yeah. general manager. It's pretty freaking incredible. And, and so is. I only go to the office two days a week. And so she's running the entire company. Yep. And I go there just to check in and check in with the team. Uh, so uh, women are powerful. And as you know, my wife, she's a, a, also a powerhouse too. So I, yes. I, it causes me to step up my game. Yeah. Um, and yeah. being around you both, uh, a blessing for me has been around both of you. I get to reflect on how I want to improve my marriage and I want to improve my relationship with my queen. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I see Jessica now writing books. And I see her making an impact on children. And then I say to myself something you said a few minutes ago, hey, I got to pour in a little bit into Skylar that you're already talented, but I got to be a part of that. And now I get, for the for decades of my life, I get to pretend I had something to do with your ascendancy and your impact on the world. You definitely and that, did. that, uh, that gets me uh, like right in the heart. So uh, it's a blessing. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think are the top, um, uh, you've studied, right, the mind. You spend a lot of time studying the mind, yeah. the brain, uh, behavior, why we do what we do. What do you feel is one of the... Um, uh, one of the top two or three things that a human being can do to be more effective in life. Yep. Like yep. if you thought about it, like what are the one, two or three things that, that are critical, especially kind of more higher level, like business yep. owners or executives or people that are trying to do something big in their life. What are a couple key skill sets or behaviors or mindsets? Uh, if you were to think yeah. about those. So uh, I like to be pretty practical about these kind of questions. Um, and being around CEOs, I particularly have a focus on them. So uh, uh, it's a thing I spend a lot of time on. Uh, and I also get to see, as we both know, I get to see the messy, right? Mm-hmm. We get to see what's real behind what appears to be easy, simple, boats, cars, whatever. But, you know, it's funny. How many books do you read about CEOs and bankruptcy? How many people want to put a title out there? Hey, I'm bankrupt. It's not something people do. So I guess I'm going to answer this question from the context of what do I see when times are tough? Yeah. What I see 
are people disengaged. What I see, and I have right now, a couple of CEOs who don't want to show up to work. What I see are CEOs who have litigation with their ex-wife that they can't get out of and don't feel they can see the way through the company funding that burden that they have. Um, what, what I see is uh, a mother who can't see her children because of the, of the uh, litigation in the, in the marriage. So that's real. So, so how, do we, how do we then take in those moments, do some things, depending on the context of the person, their mindset, we do a couple of little things. We try to take little steps. We try to micro slice time and success. So instead of trying to say, hey, let's fix the company, we say, hey, let's get this quarter's cash flow to be at a place where you can fund that immediate bill you have. Knowing all the while, there's this much bigger loan that's got to be paid yeah. over two years, but we got a micro slice time because what, ha- what do we have to do? We have to rebuild hope. And we have to rebuild someone's behaviors in the moment of not freaking out that they can't get there and get there in one little micro step. So going, uh, so having the mindset of going micro as opposed to macro, right? right? So look at chunking it down. So is a yes. skill set that you would say some successful people have where they're, when, when chaos is happening, right? And it's right. everything is falling apart or they're struggling. They have the ability to, to just go take the small steps. That's right. Then yep. right in that moment, the multidimensional answer is which thing do you take the step on mm-hmm. that may have positive consequences on cash flow, employee behavior, relationship with ex-wife, ex-husband. So it's the, the hard part. And you need a friend sometimes to do this is take that step knowing it has multidimensional impact, not just a superficial one that will, that whose benefit will dissipate quickly. Mm-hmm. So that would be trick number two that lays on trick number one. And, and then finally, try to get to the deeper spirit of the individual. What do they really enjoy? And we can all say, oh, I like bike riding or I like running. Okay, but if that running really gets your adrenaline flowing and if you could erase all the negative in your life and do the running and it actually does literally create energy for at least two to five hours in the morning where I can get you into work, then we can get on to building the other micro steps and then building the uh, prioritization in. Mm-hmm. So those are, th- I mean, uh, yeah, man, there, there's, <laughs> a are, ton. there's a ton of them. Those stuff. are three like uh, pretty critical uh, points. What, what's interesting is I found, I found that most, most people, and I think it's become more as you've done some coaching with our company and some consulting, I've become more aware of my inconsistencies or my desire to be addicted to being inconsistent. Right. right. And so I found that right. to be true with many men and many people is they lack consistency in their habits and in their in their habits and in their behaviors, right? They yeah. really lack that consistency. Yeah. And so what they do is they'll like commit to a goal, right? Yeah. And then they'll commit to that goal and then they will do it for a week, two, three, four weeks. And yeah. then they'll literally fall off and then drift and completely fall off that thing. Right. And so I've learned over the years that one of the one of the things that can separate me and separate people from from uh, the non successful to the successful is the ability to be consistent, right? Yes. The daily actions, the weekly things that you work on on a regular basis will create success, and that will separate you from the pack. Just that one habit yep. or that one skill set of whatever you commit to, you follow through with it yep. is so rare in today's. 
uh, I feel like in today's marketplace where people literally they'll set a goal and they'll fall off, they'll set a habit, they'll fall off, they'll go to the gym, they'll stop going to the gym, they'll go, and they they believe that it's okay, right? That it's okay right. to be inconsistent when in reality it's damaging them and it's damaging their confidence and it's really hurting a lot of different things. So well, think about what you do in your, your current uh, life and your current new business today. Yeah. You help people become aware of that and then you um, not only inspire but you have disciplined systems because you're one of your many talents is also implementing systems. Yeah. You create a system around them. Uh, what I'd add to that and you do this but I'll, just for the audience we also talk about what are your true inner motivations and I've said mine, I'm clear minor service and learning. So as long as I can frame any practice I want to have mm-hmm. under uh, in the context of its service or learning to me, 90%, I'm never, I won't go 100, 90% of the time, it becomes a new habit in my life. And then the beauty of that is when it moves from the conscious to the subconscious, then we've got it locked in and then it becomes a part of our life. So I, 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 yeah. I really believe in Stay, really staying consistent, right? So that's powerful. Yeah. The why I think yeah. a lot of people, a lot of times people set goals or start something new without a deep enough why, right? So like, what is your why? Like, why do you want to create the goal? And then turning that in. And that's something that we actually do at the event. So at the rise up Kings event, the three day event, yeah, we literally, we do some pretty intense exercises and some experiences, but we attach it specifically to their why. Right. So why, why are you willing to go through pain? Why are you willing to, like we talked about in the beginning of this interview, right? Why are we willing to go through this discomfort? Right. Cause that's, that's the key to get to success is yeah. through some of these uncomfortable, yeah. uh, being uncomfortable and going through pain. And so how do we get people to, to it's, it's their why. And so at the three day event, we do these things and we just ingrain their why. Right. And most of the time it's their family. It's not the money. Right. So it's like, hey, why are you going through this right now? I'm here for my family. I'm here for my family. Well, who specifically? I'm here for my wife. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. And you make them claim that, right? Super clear. We make them claim it. And then it's literally like burned into their mind that when they go back after three days, they say, I know why I'm willing to go through everything. I know why I'm not going to quit on my wife. You know, yeah. I know why I'm not going to quit on my business. Yeah. It's because my why is so deep and it's heartfelt, yes. right? As opposed to, hey, why'd you set, why'd you set this new goal? Oh, I just want some more money. Yeah. That will never, that will, you will not do that long term. Yeah. Like the only way to stay consistent and to do things of, of, of uh, purpose and of meaning yeah. is to get really crystal clear uh, on your why. And uh, what you allow that space for people Think about it. Everyone here listening to you, oh, that's easy. I can do that in my bedroom. I go, oh, I know why. But then when you look at your habits and you find out you're inconsistent, what mm-hmm. they should do is show up and do what you do with them because you create the space for it in a way that then emblazons it in the mind. That's the difference is when it gets emblazoned. It's not just what we call a hobbyist, right? You, be, you make, you are pushing for people to master that feeling, Right. And it's funny feelings, right? We have a feeling that's fleeting. What I'm hearing and what you do is you make the the feeling emblazoned. That's the difference, Mm. right? That's the difference. Emblazoned. Yeah. Evan used that word. So that's a, uh, and that's, that is a difference, right? The difference maker from somebody creating insane results in business and in life. Like you're on a mission, right? right? You're on a mission to serve people and your why is very, what, 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 real quick, what, what is your why? Uh, So my why is to be a catalyst for leaders to find their abundance. It's that clear because in that abundance, you notice it doesn't say money because, again, I don't care. I care that we care abundance because I want love. 
I want gratitude. I want people to find their safe space. I don't want the leader to do it. I want them to create that for everyone else because mm-hmm. I want this world to be a better place. So in my tiny way, that's how I do it. Man, I love it. Dude, that's I what know, I get up for. I don't know if you're energy, if you're aware of the, anybody watching his his voice bumped up a couple uh, decibels <laughs> when he uh, yeah. started talking about his why. Yeah. And so I think everybody watches. We have to get clear on what is our why and what are we willing to go through for that why. And if that why is not strong enough, like you aren't going to be willing to go through the pain and the struggle if your why isn't deep enough. So just stop now. Just stop now. Don't yeah. even don't even set that goal if you're not. It's not worth it. No, no. And they, yeah, no. I uh, I uh, got to meet Simon Sinek about five or six years oh, ago fantastic. when he yeah. wasn't as big as he is today. Because yeah. I just went to go see him two weeks ago. Couldn't get to shake his hand. Okay, <laughs> so you know he's gotten right big time. Yeah. But from that time, I didn't just go to his session and meet him and shake his hand and get his book and talk to him. I I did the work. So the thing I just did, where you notice my energy pop up is I've done the work in therapy. I've done the work by myself. I've done the work with my team. I say this stuff to my clients because I don't care. I want to work on me being better and I'm not shy about that. So when we're open that way, we also give everyone the chance to speak into us and also challenge us to say, hey, that you're not really about your why. What the mm-hmm. heck? So in opening it up and then having others give feedback is also part of the journey and part of the success model is not to be afraid. Don't have that third rail that you don't want to touch. State your why and then be openly telling everyone so they can all tell you you're full of shit. Mm-hmm. Sorry if cursing's not No, no go here. for it, dude. Okay. Speak it, brother. Yeah, full, full of shit. Because then <laughs> if you want to be real, yeah. Yeah. that's stepping over that third rail. Mm-hmm. And then you have the chance to create catalytic results compounding results you're in rise up kings i know you so i can say this to create transformational results for people i do what i do not to be a consultant to get paid and for my effort as i've said earlier we're paid for our outcomes i'm into the result and so we're talking about the 10 percent of performance we're not talking about daily performance Mm -hmm. we're talking about extra 10 percent. so anyone listening needs to listen to this input from the point of if you want to be a master of something not if you want to be a hobbyist. The rest, the rest of you, it doesn't matter because you'll doubt it. You'll question it. You'll say, hey, I'll do it later. And that's okay. When you're ready, this is where you should come back to because it from, comes from the why and the mindset. And the results will follow. Love so, it, man. Passion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's different. It's different when you live life with a, something that you're passionate about, a yeah. mission and your why. And I could see yeah. that come. I could see that come out in you. Uh, what is a? Uh, are you allowed to? Uh, have you t- have you have you mentioned the name of your book at all yet? Or are you are you uh, not you not throwing it out there yet? <laughs> you don't I, have to if you don't want it's, to. It's gonna it's gonna come here okay. in the next few weeks. Okay, uh, cool. But um, I've given the three chapters already to everybody. The three key things yeah. to to be a leader. Yeah. Number one, have a framework for success in yep. business and life. And we have some. Ex- we we give you our framework. Number two, work on making people kings and queens. And what that means is have conversations in conflict with purpose. And number three, work on knowing your energy and building your energy for every moment you have to make a decision. And hey, Skyler, here's a good one that's off script. How many decisions do you make a day that are critical? Just make a guess. As a leader of the many businesses you're a part of, of the beautiful family you're a part of, of the community that you impact, how many decisions do you make that are critical a day? Decisions are critical. Critical Critical decisions decisions a day. 10, uh, 15? And I'm guessing too, I'm going to say 50. 
right? I don't because I have twenty three clients who have a lot of things going on. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you have you make more than ten to fifteen critical decisions. My point is, what's the point? There are a lot of them. So what are we all doing? Bullshitting around practicing half ass. Mm-hmm. We have to have a mindset that we're empowered to make a difference. And if we believe that, then we will want to create abundance. We don't want to create scarcity and we don't want it to be me, me, me. We want our teams and our clients and our loved ones and our communities to make choices around us. Why? So we can live in a place that we love, right? That's a deeper, that's a deeper place to come from. So now you've got me excited. I want to, um, <laughs> I want to take us to a question that I don't have the answer to. Yeah. Yeah. So recently, um, we all are aware of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And you are on the board with me of EO of Orange County, the most impactful place for entrepreneurs to join and make a difference in their lives and their businesses. We've had, we have a conference in South Africa, and we've had to think about what that conference means relative to being a board of volunteers who then have to travel to South Africa to a conference that EO sponsors. And so a few months ago, I began hearing about it. And you're aware, uh, maybe six weeks ago, I started messaging to the group without knowing where this was going in this world of VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. It's a dark place that all of us leaders have more VUCA decisions that we have to make than we realize because now we're used to making decisions Mm -hmm. with uncertainty. One type of uncertainty is, hey, I'm going to have to talk to this employee about their performance. But when you think about coronavirus and sending a bunch of volunteers who have families and loved ones and companies to South Africa to maybe not only get sick, but possibly get quarantined in South Africa, for the benefit of going to learn in a volunteer organization, then you think, wow, that decision has a lot of uncertainty in the question, what's the risk reward? So I, I went into a mindset of how do I make a decision with that much VUCA? And so it started with, what do I believe? It went into, what do I believe about my people and my team? What are the consequences? What are the upsides? And I'll tell you, uh, it's been an interesting journey. Uh, I've had to deal with some people, I wouldn't say laughing at me because they, they're too nice to me to do that to my face, but wondering why I'm a sissy and wondering if I should send people to South Africa when other chapters are sending people not thinking about it. And from six weeks ago to now, the, the data has gone much worse. I'm not saying... We should be afraid yet. And I'm not telling any of my members that they shouldn't go. I'm literally telling them it went from a required trip mm-hmm. to a non-required trip. So I don't want to get too deep into this example, yep. but I want all the listeners to think about what VUCA decisions you have in your life right now that have consequence. And how are you dealing with that uncertainty? Mm. That's deep. And how so, do you deal with it, right? Because we do as a leader, that's a challenging decision that you're in the process of making, right? Literally. Um, Literally. And we all make decisions on a regular basis that actually do have consequences when we look at the multidimensional uh, aspects of the decision. Sometimes people just look at one part of it, right? Like, should we go? Should we not go? Right. Right. It's two dimen- one dimensional, right? right? One in, their, in their decision-making ability. So you've taught, you teach people to think things on multi-dimensions and how do you process it on a multi-dimensional way? And then through doing that, you realize, oh, wow, this actually does have more impact than I thought this did. I thought I was just letting an employee go, right? right. It's like, uh, no, 
way more than that. You're affecting not only their family. Who else are you affecting? You're affecting your team. What else yes. are you affecting? You're affecting the culture. Well, what else are you affecting? You're affecting uh, the budget. You're affecting I mean, uh, it's, momentum of your business. Uh, everything. Yes. And so when you start thinking multidimensional, it can be very – it can have a profound effect on your decision-making ability. Yes. Uh, on a, and, and, and doing that on a regular basis has transformed our business and the way I make decisions. So, again, I thank you for uh, – Helping process, and, and you could take it too far too. Some of the stuff you send me sometimes, <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. lines out like ten different items. I'm like, dude, <laughs> too this much. This is way too many on the uh, on the yeah. uh, on the spectrum. Uh, my, but you, my clients, your, mind, your mind's complex. You can think you you think everything through. So right? it's it's uh, yeah. I, I I love that we have that relationship, and I, I encourage everyone to have this relationship where your friends can actually tell you when you've gone one step too far, because in that you sharpen yourself. So I want to thank you for being that friend. For me, uh, I have a couple of clients who say, I hate your emails, but I bet there's 10 more who hate them that don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, because yeah, I called a meet the other day. I was like, hey, dude, uh, I'm not happy about it. What, yeah. I don't even know what yeah, I so said. Could, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not stoked on your, yeah. your email. I'm not inspired by this, I'm buddy. I'm not inspired by this. <laughs> so, so I had a direct conversation and yes. co- I brought up the conflict, right? Instead you of just sure avoiding did. it like a lot of people will, I, said, I decided, hey, I don't want to feel any weird energy. Just let me call them and say, hey, I'm not, I'm not liking your emails. Yep. I don't like the way this is going down. Yep. We need to change something. I'm here to support, but we need to, we need to figure this out. So I brought it up yep. right away as soon as I felt that feeling. You rose up. And so, I rose up, totally. <laughs> and sometimes people, they'll wait. Right yes. to avoid the conflict, then it's taking up energy inside them, yes. and I'm acutely aware of that energy uh, uh, leak, yes. and so I do not want that to leak out. So anytime I feel energy, I will do my best to go address it immediately, yeah. so it doesn't affect resentment or anything else you know to possibly come up. And so. then the uh, one honor you for that. Yeah. And what did we both do? Is I hope in our hearts we have served Orange County's entrepreneurial community better by us resolving that and not resolving is such a net. It almost sounds like we got to zero. We didn't get to zero because this morning when we vibed again together on this, I'm at a plus 10 on the energy I was at already with you. Mm. So I think we added energy by creating deeper trust from which we both take another level up in our performance. And then we had like six other great ideas about how we would serve the Orange County entrepreneurial community. So it's, it's amazing that there's this upside to, to resolving conflict. It's not getting the neutral. It's wild. And that's really cool. No, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Amit? What uh, if you were to leave? Well, I want to do two things. One, I'm going to ask a question. And then, two, I want to I want to uh, ask the best way for people to get in contact with you too, sure. to not only get your your new book that's going to be coming out, but then to also uh, just you know reach out to you if they need coaching or need any kind of a. You're a pretty open book, so whatever. Uh, Help they need. What, yeah. what What's one thing that you would want to leave uh, the listeners or the uh, people that are watching? on some the way that that you have found uh, most effective to live life yeah um, you might is, have to think about that so no, it's kind the, of a the, deep question it, it, it's hard um, I'm trying to think of the context of the listener at this moment I know the answer We're, okay yeah so the answer is to have hope and uh, it sounds I know on its face it sounds silly but I think today we've given you some examples and we've given you some tools of it's when we're down and we don't measure when we're down. It would be to measure when you're, when you're high on hope and when you're low on hope. And you'll find many of you are low on hope more than you ever believed. So I think an untapped resource is our hope. And then the question is, then what do I do? Well, reverse back in this video and, and listen to, 
ideas we've had today on the podcast around how to get hope back or email me at info at katarileadership.com. Reach out to Skylar. He's got a lot in him. Um, uh, And um, here we're here in Orange County, but uh, between emailing us or calling, um, finding us on our website at www.katarileadership.com, you have access to abundance. Um, So I hope that was a good, that was a good answer. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I haven't heard that in a while, actually hope, right? That's powerful. And then getting people to realize that, they have potentially less hope than they think they do, uh, which yeah. hope can be energizing, right? Can provide it that is. energy like we talked about. Yeah. Sustainable energy, yeah. not temporary. Mm. You and I are not into the temporary, right? Yeah. No, no, no. It's got to be consistent, sustainable. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Well, I re- really appreciate you having you on the show, man. Thank this you was for having great. Me. I knew it was going to be a, a good time. Uh, good time I, I, feel, I, I want to say before we leave that I feel blessed to be your friend and be on this journey with you where our friendship isn't at the dimension is that today, I know it's going to be at different dimensions in the next two, three, four decades. So I'm excited about that. Looking forward to it, brother. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in for more episodes, which come out every other week. Click the subscribe button to become a part of the Rise Up Kings tribe and check out the three-day experience at riseupkings.com. 